Hello and welcome to the Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Oberly, uh, VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com senior writer. That's Mark Craig from Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Mark, uh, Vikings beat Atlanta uh, 31-28, so that's about all you need to say, right? My God, this this team is amazing. Uh, you know, for me, the story of the game, Jaron was Darren, but Dobbs gets the dub. You must love covering this team, be, even though you're a cranky old ink-stained wretch who looks like that guy up in the corner of the screen there, you know. But every week there's something just amazing. This team's ridiculous. You know, just, just crazy stuff happens that writes itself sometimes. It gives you so many storylines. You must just love it, right, Mark? You love covering this team. Well, right? yeah. So, so we're not tanking for Caleb anymore. Oh, is there that, it is. Is that the storyline? No, I mean, to me, it's like uh, whenever there's adversity, it's like it, it, they sort of is, is. I mean, not you don't want a guy like Cousins to get hurt. You don't want to have some of these other injuries that are mounting up. Um, but there's a reason why this league is is so competitive. It's so it's so entertaining. It's so popular. It's because. You know, you can do what the Vikings just did. And, and you know, it's, you know, stuff like that's been done before. And it's like whenever there's adversity, it's rather than give up and play for a guy that may or may not be any good. We don't know. Uh, you go out and, and, I'll, and I'll be the first one to say that I think Quasi's sixth round pick for Dobbs has already paid itself. It's like you're, you're on house money after this. You know, he won a game for you. Uh, to me, the, the worst thing the Falcons might have done was was smash the crap out of uh, Jaron Hall and knock him out because, <laughs> uh, you know, they brought Dobbs in. And Dobbs is, um, you know, for a six-round pick, he's, he's the ideal off-grip type of guy that can win a game like this. Um, so, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's exciting. It's fun to watch. Um, you know, going forward, who knows? You know, I, I, in 1988 in Cleveland, um, you know, whenever you get an injury at a position like quarterback, and then uh, by the time they got done, they had the, the Browns that year had used like four four quarterbacks. They called Don Strock off the off the beach in Miami to, to, to start a playoff game in Cleveland. So you, I mean, yeah, with a guy with one with you with uh, Hall having a concussion, Mullins apparently his back needing more time. They may sign another quarterback this week. Uh, so. You, <laughs> Who knows where we're going from here on this? Is thing, Don Strock available? Uh, yeah, Don Strock's probably about seventy-five. I don't know. Maybe. Hey, Fran Tarkenton. Maybe bring bring Fran back. Or uh, Favre. I'm sure he's he could use the money. Uh, let me set this up for you. I mean, th- th- what happened yesterday was just freaking crazy. Uh, the start of the game: no Cousins, no Jefferson, no Christian Derisot. Start the game. Your left tackle's out. You're starting one quarterback. You're you're. St- your supposed best receiver in the game is out. Then a 25-year-old rookie takes snaps in his first start. He lasts two drives and is out of the game with a concussion. A QB in town for five days replaces him, gives up a safety, gives up a fumble, gives up a pick, which is probably another fumble. And the most experienced wide out then leads the game with a concussion. The best running back of the team leaves when what has been described as an Achilles tendon tear. And they win the game. Goodness. What the heck? Well, yeah, they shouldn't have won this game. Right. And this is what, you know, whenever, like going back to Case Keenum, you know, whenever in 2017, it was like, this to me is fun to watch a team try to win this way. It's, you know, you can, you don't have to be great in this league. You just got to be, you know, just a little bit better than whoever you're playing. And they were a better team even without, uh, with their quarterback situation, uh, they were the better overall team. And then for them to piece it together, Darisaw was a huge, you know, a huge thing at the last minute um, to to overcome. But, you know, that's what makes this league so fun for me to watch is just like how, how do they scrap and piece it together? And, you know, this is another one coming in uh, and to do, to do it on the road. You know, O'Connell, um, another thing I touched on in my five extra points is, you know, um, you didn't like his own play call. He's going for third down at uh, going uh, his third down call in the red zone at, in the fourth quarter. I didn't like, but I said it's hard to nitpick a guy whenever he's he's four and zero without his best player, one of the best players in the league. Uh, he you know he wins with the with the backup quarterback who, as you said, arrived on Tuesday. Didn't take one uh, a single first team rep. Um, 
but you can win that way in this league. You, teams do it every week. You know, the Jets, you know, look at the Jets. The Jets, you know, win, win the ugliest game. They don't do this every week for crying out loud. This well, I'm saying you, teams win like this all the time. I mean, it's just uh, – this is crazy, but it's – it's look around the league. This is, uh, you know, just – you know, yeah. This is a good team. This is, you know, we we spend so much time just focusing on what, you know, if they lose, it's Kirk's fault. If they win, it's Kirk's uh, praise. If, you know, it's just constantly, it's just the quarterback, just the quarterback. But this is a good team. It's, it's defense is coming together under a coordinator who's uh, who's using guys that are in a great way. Um, so it, it's, a, it's still a team sport no matter how much we want to just make it all about the quarterbacks. And that's what uh, KOC was saying after the game is biggest, uh, best team win he's ever been around. And, and yeah, I saw your five points and you, you tipped your hat to KOC, which is something I feel needs to be done. I mean, we're getting the word now that he had to sit there and explain the plays to uh, uh, Dobbs in, in his helmet as the clock is ticking down. And this guy somehow, this rocket scientist picks it up enough and made plays. Now, I think it, it's certainly attributable to the fact that he has started this year. He wasn't overwhelmed. It wasn't too big. But my goodness, how, how do you do that? You know, he looked he looked like he should have looked in the first half when he came in with the safety, you know, and ill-advised trying to get out of there, and, and they caught him. And and the two uh, fumbles or picks or whatever, turnovers or whatever you want to call them. But then he just either got comfortable or he, you know, it, it, he somehow – between him and uh, KOC, they they were able to put together uh, an offense that uh, won a game against a team that had the same record as them. And I'm not going to say that the Falcons are world beaters, but they're in their home field. They're in their home field, and there was a team that was also that's also in position for the playoffs and fighting for it. And he just kept making plays. I mean, fourth and seven, Dobbs when he when he scrambles to keep the 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 game alive. It's just you know. Um, they couldn't tackle him. I, I just, I, I was just shocked. Play after play, it's well, like I like the Buffalo game in a different, in a different way. You know, well, this so, only works. All of this, this off script stuff, this, this backyard football only works if you have a guy that can run like he can. Yeah. Um, you know, Jaron Hall, I believe, can run like that too. But you see, we saw what we saw the two extremes of what can happen when you yeah. have a quarterback that that's going to win that way. I mean that uh, Jaron Hall. That that's as hard a hit as you're going to probably take as a quarterback. A couple of them, man. Yeah. It didn't. It, it, he was out, and um, and you saw whenever Ryan, the way they motioned to the sideline, they they were uh, there's a couple of big hits. I think KJ Osborne was knocked out. I think he, so. And um, so you know you got that where you, you get knocked out of the game, and then you got Dobbs. It's like you know he 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 won the game with his legs and uh yeah. but he also made a great throw to uh, Addison on uh, for that 23 or 24 yard game on the, on the sideline so and and his two point conversion pass was great yep. um i i charted one thing i did as i watched i charted his the times he was pressured this is based i don't know what pff said i don't know what pro football reference i don't know what they called a blitz or what they considered pressure cuz you could probably read it different ways, but I had him with 16 pressures. Um, the first four, three of the first four were the, and it was a fumble. They did change that interception to a fumble. Okay, so all right. Two fumbles and the safety out of his, <laughs> and the other one was a was an 11-yard run on third and 10. Uh, but then the next 12, you know, he goes five of seven for 40 yards, a first down. He runs four times for 61 yards, uh, including an 18-yard touchdown, uh, 22 yards on fourth and seven. So what happened? And if and if honestly, if we were sitting here talking about Josh Dobbs and they had lost 24-28 or or they got blown out, I'd still have sympathy for Josh Dobbs. I mean, I think, yeah, I think he got in there and you know was just thrown into the fire. And yeah, the first couple, you know, three, uh, three or four drives was chaos for him and he <laughs> did the best he could. But I think he got he got warmed up. He got the butterflies out, and he won a game. You know, it's uh, you, it you, was you, fun you. to watch. I, I, and I like the guy. He seems like he's a, you know, I, I wouldn't. It's when you look at it, uh, at what these guys have to do personally and professionally. I mean, he, I asked him the other day on whenever he's available, just say, what's this like professional or personally? And he's like, 
Yeah, he goes, well, my stuff just got to Arizona. I just got into my apartment or house. Oh, my God. <laughs> and now he's in Minnesota. And so um, it's fun to watch him. He's obviously going to be this. I don't know how they're going to approach, like, well, who will start. But he's the starter, obviously. Um, but, well, you know, Mark, I got to say, I mean, you, you brought up the point earlier about this off-script plays and, and his running ability. I mean, there were times when he was clearly sacked behind the line. And he got out and then makes a big play out of it. I don't know how many times <clears throat> we've been on the other side of that, where Vikings are just missing getting to someone behind the line, like Rodgers or somebody else, and they they slip out and then make a big play. He was doing this. He was. Uh, you can't you can't imagine for us uh, uh, Vikings fans, Vikings observers, for all these years. With never having this, you know, it's been since Dante Culpepper almost that we've had somebody that can bust out of the pocket and make a play with their legs. It's been so long. And to see both of them able to do it, that was a great run by Jaron Hall before he got his, you know, knocked out of the game. And to see Dobbs do it time after time, it adds such an element to the offense. It's unbelievable. So it's something, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to bury in, uh, right, the legacy of Kirk Cousins. I'm not going to say that. I'd, I'd like him back here next year as much as anybody else. But that was such a blast to watch from 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 your own you know fans' perspective because we've not had it for years, and you see it in everywhere around the league. Everybody's got these young guys that can just move and make plays and go off script. And God, that two point conversion you talked about, that pass on the run to the right when nothing was happening, he squeezes that. That's a great play. It's been so long since we've seen a lot of that. Well, maybe, maybe it's it's an ode to uh to Fran Tarkenton who talked to the team the night before. I mean, the wow. original the original the original guy to play that way, the the first one basically to ever play that way. Well, I mean, he was. I mean, he was in a world of. I mean, we're old enough to remember just yeah. how how weird that was to see a guy play that way. It was um, fun, but uh, was yeah, fun. That's, that's, how that's how they're gonna win. Uh, he's gonna get better. He's gonna get. Uh, he's gonna learn. If he can do that with the offense in in five days with no no practice, he's gonna get better at throwing the ball. But you know that's. Uh, I don't have numbers in front of me. But when I was watching, I watched a lot of Cardinals games throughout the year, and um, just trying. You know, I mean, it's weird to watch Cardinal games, but whenever the worst one of the worst teams in the league yep. record wise, uh, you want to you know position your survivor picks. And one of them that I lost was. He did this to the Cowboys. The Cowboys came in, and that was kind of like a lock, you know, even though it was in Arizona. Uh, I figure Cowboy fans are going to travel to Arizona and everything. Um, but you're seeing more and more fans travel to places and, and getting tickets. It's, so you're seeing them around the league. Um, but, you know, he did that to them uh, when they were at the, at the at the height. And Talk about that. You said he did that. What was he doing? Was he Well, doing I mean, he beat him with, with his legs, you know, like going off script and, um, you know, that's something that Kirk can't do. I mean, Kirk could do it a little more, but you don't he doesn't want to. Well, he didn't. And I don't think the team would. Well, I wouldn't want him to either because, you know, I think um, Dobbs's escapability is a lot better than, say, Kirk's. And, and, and Kirk is better in the pocket looking and, and using those last ticks to try and find something. Um, so I think as, as they move along and this guy, if he stays healthy, do a yeah. crawler, if he stays healthy. Um, you know, he can take it to another step. I just, we also have to like temper it a little bit because, you know, he's not an all pro player. He is a career backup. There are, they are going to, there's going to be teams that, that prepare for him and, and take out some of this stuff maybe. Um, but he gives you a chance to win because he can make plays with his legs. Do you think now, uh, uh, with KOC looking at what he's got. Certainly they want to give this guy more of the offense and he can apparently handle it. He, there's a quote from him yesterday in the locker room saying everything that they gave him on the call sheet, he said, I can do, I can do all those, you know? So they're going to, they're going to want to expand that. Do you think KOC now starts putting in designed runs for him because he can do this, you know, because all this was, he's fading back, he's looking and he's scrambling and he's making plays where, where things have broken down off script. Do you think they script off script plays? <laughs> you know, for lack yeah, I, think, of I think so. You know, um, one one I would like to have seen. And again, 
whenever I make this criticism, I say, well, what happens if they, if he gets outside the pot or if they run him and he gets hurt and then you're down to well, Cam Akers was the emergency guy and he went out. So <laughs> I sort of temper this with uh, maybe you know, I understand what he was calling, but that, that when it was third and 14 at the 17 and, you know, the defense was doing great, but, you know, they were kind of you know, getting tired a little bit. And they just ran Madison up the middle and, and settled for that short field goal. I'm thinking, man, why don't you take your best runner, which is your quarterback, and run him run him around the end? Now, I he might have done that, and then he gets blown up. And I have to like start tell myself, don't say, well, why'd you run your quarterback? Because he's the only one you got. Um, but yeah, I think you see more of that. I think there there's a lot, and you know, I love Zim, but this is a good situation. This is a good example of why. Um, you know, O'Connell in this situation is infinitely better than, say, Zim as a defensive head coach and having a Clint Kubiak as a coordinator or or someone like that. Um, you know, th- this is a, a one-to-one communication with the coach and the quarterback and, mm-hmm. and the understanding and everything is so much better. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's in good hands, and I think I think uh, O'Connell has a guy, is in good hands with a guy like this. Uh, and, you know, yeah, you know, hats off. It, you know, at the trade deadline to, to, I think it helped. I don't even know that they call Arizona if, if the Cardinals hadn't announced that they were going to bench the guy. Maybe that's why the Cardinals did it. They weren't going to keep him anyways. Right, right. So they kind of put it out there, figuring they'd get something for him. Um, and you know, to me, it's if you bring Cousins back, this is a guy I would want <laughs> as my 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 backup. Or if he plays, if he plays great, you you can. Turn around and trade him if uh, if he's becomes yeah. too too uh, uh, expensive. I don't know what his contract situation is, but um, at, again, that's why you just kind of keep swinging in this league because you, week to week you don't know what is going to happen when you swing hard. You know, swing hard in case you hit it. You know, that's the uh, right. As, as, uh, it was as that one starter in uh, or was it? Are you there? That one of the foo bars is swing hard in case you hit it. And that was the, the guy telling us uh, as we're starting the first hole. So right. that's the NFL. It's like, man, swing hard in case you hit it. Um, speaking of which, you know, it, it wasn't much small sample size, but what did you think of Jaron Hall yesterday before he got knocked out? I mean, the first drive was three and out. It wasn't, he didn't look terrible or overwhelmed, but it didn't work out. The next drive worked out pretty good. He feathered that pass down uh, uh, to Madison on the sidelines, which really got the biggest chunk in the drive. And he took him down there, and he went off script and got to the one-yard line before he got his clock cleaned. Uh, what, what did you What did you think from him? And uh, I would venture to say right now the Vikings have made a huge save just, just in one game against one team at the quarterback position where a devastating injury happened last week. You know, the season, they're going to be okay. I'm not, I'm not, you know, predicting, you know, playoff, you know, uh, run, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying these two guys have a chance to keep this season uh, in contention and uh, they could be in the conversation near the end. What did you think? For sure. sure. I mean, that, um, like I said, you don't have to be great in this league. You just got to keep, you know. I mean, they got a good defense. They got, they got some good talent. It'd be, it'd be infinitely better if they could run the ball, and I think they can. It's just uh, they get. Uh, you saw when they came out of the second half. In their first half it was horrible. In the second half, they had a 19-yard run kind of early on, and it, I think even the announcer made the comment of like, "Hey, someone got a good talking to at halftime," you know. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, yeah, he, they keep him afloat, and you know, I wonder what they do now because that doesn't look like a one week. Uh, you know, Hall's not going to be available. My guess it's Monday, it's Monday yeah. morning, but Hall doesn't appear to me to be like a guy who's going to be available to, to be a backup on on Sunday. So not not as Sean Mannion backup on Sunday, or do they, you know, go <laughs> go find another guy that right. uh, you know that you're going to bring in. I, did you oh, not yeah, see enough on? Did you not see enough on Jaron Hall? To, to what? What were your thoughts on him? Well, yeah, I mean Jaron Hall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I feel like uh, you know Dobbs obviously would have play, played better than Jaron Hall would have played, but mm-hmm. I didn't see a guy that I didn't see Kellen Mond. Let's put it that way. You know, okay. uh, Kellen Mond would have been deer in the headlights, and there would have been like no no good play, no matter how many plays he played. Um, this That's guy, you know, he, he took off. He actually took a bigger hit 
he took a he took a big hit before the the biggest hit uh, on a run. So I think he ran twice for eleven yards, and um, I, I felt like he it, it wouldn't have been too big for him. But I feel like it would he would there's no way he would have done all the things that Dobbs did. Yes, but certainly a guy that's that you know is worthy to keep looking at. Yeah, is what I would say. Okay, all right, I'll I'll buy that. Uh, uh, you brought it up. It was supposed to be the key to this game. They're going to have to run the ball to protect both Hall and Dobbs if they play if he played, uh, because uh, you know you just needed someone to take some pressure off these quarterbacks. And once you know, it was five minutes left in the half, and they had a negative six yards rushing from those two guys from Acres and Madison. Why why can't this team run? I I, I refuse to call an offensive line on the top three in the league if the team can't run. You know, PFF keeps saying, oh, they're a great, great offensive line, one of the best in the league. Baloney! They might be able to protect the quarterback from passing, but you got to be able to open some holes. They just keep running into walls. Is it all yeah, I mean, I don't – I don't. I, maybe those are – that's their grading individually, and that's how they all add, add up. I, you know, I, I'm not saying they're a bottom three, but they're not top three or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I first half, 10 called runs. I mean – the rushing total for the game was was outstanding, probably because the quarterbacks took off yeah. running. Um, you know, Dobbs had sixty, at least sixty-one yards. Right? I don't. He had. He was carrying nine, nine, nine yards of carry. <laughs> I mean, 10, <laughs> 10 called runs in the first half. You know, a lot of those are on first down because O'Connell, as much as new school as he is, realizes you've got to have some balance to to make it all work. To your play action's not going to work if you never run the ball. And so 10 called runs, four of them lost yardage, three of them went for zero. Uh, only one of them went for uh, longer than two yards, and that was a six-yard run. Um, I think Madison had six for minus three, something like that. Uh, you know, And there was a three-yard loss on first and goal at the one and that they ended up having to settle for a field goal. Uh, you know, there's two-yard loss or three-yard loss on first and 10, and uh, oh, the two plays before the safety, uh, Cam Akers comes in and loses two yards on first down. Yeah. You know, that puts them at second and 12 at their five, and then it leads to a, a safety. So, they're not, you know, O'Connell's not asking for Dalvin Cook in his prime or Adrian Peterson in his prime. He's just looking for, man, can we just find a way to average, you know, four yards of carry and right. – and, 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 you know, we don't need a hundred yard rusher. We just need some balance and, and just so we can keep people off balance a little bit and they can't do it. But I, I don't think it's a scheme problem. I don't think it's a, it's a, what's O'Connell going to do in his little laboratory. It's, it's just, you know, some, some more effort and some more, uh, and I'd say on the offensive line, because Madison, I know Matt, I've said Madison's impatient and he's not as instinctive. Well, Akers is going to be gone. I, you know, so now you're looking at probably having um, uh, Ty Chandler, Ty Chandler, Kane, maybe. Um, you know, uh, Acres would have been nice to see if they would could have got him some more carries, get him into right. rhythm a little more. Uh, but this is an offensive line problem. This is an interior offensive line problem. They got to just start. You know, they got to blow some holes open. They they can do it. They've done it. They did it for a short stretch early in the year. They can do it. It just has to be done. All right. Well, on that low note, we'll take a quick break here, uh, cleanse our palate from the running game, and and talk a little bit more about the passing game, which was which was fun to watch yesterday, just because Josh Dobbs was, in addition to his legs, he was still making some great passes, and that uh, there's some there's some great receivers on this team, but yet that 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 unit is 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 hurting right now too uh, physically. So, let's take a break. Come on back, and we'll keep it rolling with the Vikings territory breakdown. Welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. We're talking about the Vikings 38-31-28 win yesterday over the Falcons in Atlanta. It's just another uh, uh, astounding victory for this team, a team that was 0-3 to start the year, a team that was dead in the water. It could even have been dead in the water a week ago when their QB1 went down for the season. But uh, Kwesi got to tip his hat, you know, got this guy for a – for a song and uh, they ended up winning the game. And, you know, he, he, he won the game with his legs, 
but he also made a lot of decent passes. And Jordan Addison came up with a couple phenomenal catches. One, one, the first one was a long pass down the left sideline that Dobbs feathered in there. The second one he did again, and Jordan Addison makes this toe-tapping catch, which is what he's doing in the preseason, and we were hearing he was doing in camp. And here we finally had a big one. I don't, I don't know how he caught that ball and kept his feet down. I mean, I, you know, they had to look at it a couple times, but uh, that kid is is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the real deal. Um, it seems like a receiver, you know, if a guy is really good in his first, you know, we, we've seen it on the other side where the guy will not be, he just won't show anything his first year. You're like, well, you know, he needs to do this. He's got yeah. a little injury from college, right? It's like baloney you can kind of make a quick decision. And, and, you know, this guy, um, this guy was doing it when, when the best receiver in the league was on the field. And we, you know, a lot of that was because Jefferson was taking some attention away. Um, now he's had a month where he's been kind of the primary guy. And, you know, I don't know. He didn't I don't think he had a lot of cat. You know, it was just kind of a game with a, with a backup quarterback and then a backup to the backup. It wasn't a big uh, passing day, but, he had a great catch. I mean, KJ Osborne, how in the world he held on to that ball when he got knocked out? Um, you know, I, I can't believe he you know he holds on to that ball. Maybe he right. held on to the ball because he got sandwiched so hard that he couldn't drop it. I don't know. Um, I think uh, Hawkinson had a drop, um, but overall, you know, he played pretty, you know a good game. What and looked like he had a lot of was dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Brandon Powell had a great, great yak. Uh, that one on the sidelines where he caught the ball, yeah. short of the sticks, battled about two or three guys, and turned it into almost a twenty-yard gain. That was a, that was what we've been looking for him all year. But you right. know, the other tight ends were catching passes too. Oliver caught a couple. I know Munt caught one at least. It it was an interesting game for tight ends. But yeah, a little more out of Hawkinson. I mean, he started slow, so it was nice to see him, despite the injuries, like you said. Uh, turned into a nice game for him well and and that effort you're talking about that's what i want to that's what i if, if i'm a coach i want to see that on the offensive line you know that it's one of those mm -hmm. where that run and again i think the announcer might have made a reference to it i thought it was really uh, astute it was uh you know whenever you're in this kind of situation that's what you need your guys to do and that was just a, that was so much just effort and like unwillingness to go down and they kind of need that across the board at everything uh, Brandon Powell, you know, is a guy that's uh, a journeyman that uh, he's battling leg cramps and everything. And he comes in and makes that touchdown catch to win, yeah. the, win the game. Um, some other things that he did. Um, yeah, it's uh, him and Tristan Jackson, Mark. Him and Tristan Jackson are making plays out there. Is this a little concerning for this team going forward? Or if they don't get Justin Jefferson back, because they're going to lose KJ. Cage is going to be out this week and probably another one with the hit he took. You know, yeah, I mean, that's the one I don't know about. I mean, like, you could be right, but he seemed to be, you know, and this is just watching it, you know, from a, a mile away. But, um, you know, he, him riding off the cart looked a lot clear, more clear. Jaron Hall leaving that game, it looked like he had no idea what was going uh -huh. on. He, he looked uh, bad, but we don't, we don't know anything about that. But it's good to have depth. It's good to have, uh, um, you know, just – you can tell that uh, the way that O'Connell structures things, I mean, you know, guys understand it, guys grasp what they're doing. Tristan Jackson's a guy that's been released. He's bounced from the practice squad to the roster and all over the place. Um, you know, he's a good guy to have whenever you're down to the end. I would say, and and, and I both think both Jefferson and the Vikings are going to make sure that just because he can come off the injury, injured reserve this week doesn't mean that he's going to play this week. You do not want to uh, rush him back and have him tear it um, because, you know, he didn't get his contract, so you can't blame him if, if right. I'm sure that he, he wants to come back. But now there's probably people in his camp saying, hey, you know, don't hurt yourself. And I'm sure the Vikings are on board with that as well because, you, yeah. you know, if you can scratch, if you can just kind of stay relevant and then he comes in at, toward the end uh, or not toward the end, but a few weeks down the road, um, you know, boy, it's uh, you know, uh, it's a nice boost to have in this coming going into December, I would say. One, one more uh stat here that I think is astounding from this game, uh, with a rookie quarterback in his first start and a guy who's only been there five days and never took a gal dang snap from the 
uh, never took a snap with the first team and never had a, had a snap with with great Garrett Bradbury. One penalty for the Vikings yesterday, right? They had one penalty. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they have been the last couple of years. They've been a uh, they have not had uh, you know a ton of penalties. I mean I know that that early on in Zim's last year. I mean when it, that that opener in Cincinnati was. I mean they started the year with a false start. And then right. like two days later, and they had like three or four false starts in the first quarter. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it, was a, it was a clean game. Um, yeah, yeah, do you applaud coaching for that, Mark? You got to tip your hat on KOC for I something? Think, you know, I think pre-snap penalties, yeah. I mean, coaching has a lot to do with, you know, I, just maybe getting guys more focused. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it, it, it definitely plays a role. I wouldn't say it's the only factor. You know, if a guy – if a guy's daydreaming in the huddle and, and he doesn't get the count or whatever, then it's, that's on him. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I just had to mention that because that's pretty astounding to me. Uh, we got to talk about the defense. And in a lot of ways, the defense won this game despite giving up 26 points. They didn't give up 28. Two of those are on the offense for sure. They got short fields all game, and they stood up. They had the, the first and goal at the one after one of those turnovers, and they get a I turned it into a field goal. I, I told my wife, I said, well, that's a win for the Vikings. She goes, what, they won? I, no, no. <laughs> uh, that is a win at this point in game because they held them to three points. But uh, there were great plays all over the field. Josh Metellus is a gamer. He he gets – at one point he got his leg yanked, and there was no call. This guy tackled him as he was rushing at the quarterback, and, and he has to go out hurt, but he comes back and makes plays. Brian Murphy had a very good game. Uh, even though that pick from Heineke was a, was a gift to him. Caleb Evans with some big uh, plays, a forced fumble. And Harrison Smith, I, I'll, I'll let you talk about those guys first. got to ask you about that Harrison Smith uh, forced fumble that I still think was. But go ahead. What did you think of the defense and Brian Flores offering a different kind of strategy where we used to be blitz, 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 blitz. He, he kind of laid back. And, I mean, you, you covered it in your five points to, uh, today. So – yeah, I mean, uh, they, you know, he, you know, he, he's very versatile. He's like, you know, Belichick in that, you know, Belichick, I mean, obviously he didn't win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady and all that stuff, but it gets oversimplified. Belichick had players that could play like, um, you know, different positions, you know, that, that didn't like, they had a tackle that could be an end or, you know, when I, when I look at how Flores runs his defense, you see him at TELUS that, that, you know, there's no way in the world Ed Donatell was going to get what he's getting out of Metellus that Flores is getting now. So Flores, I like, he makes adjustments. You know, he, he decided that it was better to play more uh, coverage. You saw a lot of like showing blitz and then you, you know, three man rush. I thought there was one where, you know, he showed that he, he, um, he blitzed uh, or he showed it, showed all, all out blitz. He only rushed three. This is in the fourth quarter when the game is back and forth and everything. Uh, Heineke has a 27-yard completion. And then, uh, you know, the next third down, it was he showed that, and then they sent everybody, and uh, it was an incompletion, kind of like almost a throwaway. Uh, so it was a really good game plan on, on his part. Uh, yeah, I mean, getting, you know, turning the ball over, uh, the Vikings turning the ball over because they got a quarterback who's just come in, and he's completely overwhelmed at that moment, you know, fumbling the ball, all safeties. Uh, and the defense is is holding him to a field goal on first and goal at the one. I think the other fumble was in the from thirty yard line. Yep. Um, hold him to a field goal. That's why I mean I love how the defense. Um, you know, there's no give up in the defense, and they're getting more and more confident. Um, Murphy, I haven't been. You know, Murphy hasn't really done a whole lot this no. year, but, but that tackle that he made. You know, to to beat that block. Make yep. that tackle early on is is big, and then he only gets the interception. Um, I think uh, Jordan Hicks is playing role, a very active, very well, moving around. Harrison Smith, uh, you know, we'll talk about that play, but you know, Harrison Smith is making plays. He's 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 uh, like a lot of guys in the league. He's sort of perfecting this punch out. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, that is probably a play that that. I didn't quite understand how they 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 just didn't even review it. Um, yeah, they said he's given himself up going forward, which is not the the really. I mean, the the real give yourself up is sliding. But that's what he, I thought. 
Yeah. Yes. And he said he's giving himself up. Even he mentioned it. The ref said going forward. So there's nothing to review there. So he could be going through the air and he fumbles the ball, but he's giving himself up. So it's not a fumble. Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, I don't, well, they say they say when the first the first body part that touches, that's when he's down. It doesn't have to be a knee or elbow or anything. It's, and I, I assume I haven't seen it. I haven't looked at it closely back yet. But maybe his his hand is down, and they said that was down because they, they took the challenge. I mean, it was a, it was a I thought it was a really good challenge. I was writing down good challenge. Yeah. And but then they said we it's on you can't challenge it. And I thought you know that they said make, there's nothing maybe. to challenge. You know nothing to challenge him. It's like well the hell there's not. You know you could challenge whether or not he punched it out before one of those body parts. That's revealable, isn't it? Well. I thought it. I thought it should have been looked at. I, I do. Yeah, I'd be interested I to see what uh, what was said. You know. What, you know. Be interested to see what what comes out of that because I do feel like that was something. And, and it was a great. I mean, he was so low to the ground at that point when he came in and punched it that uh, it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it would have been overturned. You know, don't get me wrong, but I wanted to see another look at it where they took a look at it and see because he. Uh, Harrison hit the ball first. It's not like he touched him down. He punched the ball first before yeah. he touched the guy. And in my estimation, and and that seems to me to be reviewable. But it was like you know who knows that they didn't really talk about it enough to to analyze it. But it, it turned it could have been a huge play for the Vikings. You know, I mean there was another turnover that that could have uh, made made it a little bit easier for this team and the fans not to have to go down to twenty two seconds left in the game before you win. But, uh, <laughs> Um, what do you think about this defense? Uh, they are getting better each week. I, there's players that keep emerging as, you know, you know, we don't have a sauce Gardner. We don't have a, this guy or that guy, or, a, you know, what's the guy from Dallas's name that gets talked about constantly. Who's a good player. Number oh, 11. Well, Micah Parsons. Yeah. Yes. We don't have one well, of those guys. Well, but, they, they might have one of those in Daniil Hunter. So. Well, yeah, maybe. But, you know, the defensive line, because probably the scheme wasn't getting home a lot. They only had one sack. It was a big one. But, uh, um, you know, I thought the defensive line played great regardless. And so I guess I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of players that emerge in this. So I think there is a core of a defense here that they should keep building as they go into next year and then put a rope around freaking B-flow and put up boatload of money on in front of him and say you're a co-head coach okay you ain't going anywhere well you know I mean, the good thing if, if he did if he did move on they get you know with the minority hiring um rules now you know you get you would get uh three uh two you'd get two third round draft picks if he became a head coach somewhere so seriously that's how, uh the 49ers when they lost um no kidding yeah, they lost D'Amico Ryans to uh, Houston as a head coach, and they lost Rand Carthon to the Titans as GM. They got, you know, uh, and they and if you lose two, if two like that in the in the same year, you get an extra third the next the following year. So they got um, uh, the third round pick that that the 49ers traded to Washington to get Chase Young, a former number two overall pass rusher. Uh, yeah. In his prime was a compensatory because now you can trade the compensatory picks. Uh, they used one of those compensatory picks and gave it to Washington. And if Chase Young, who doesn't, he's not under contract next year, leaves, the 49ers get that third round pick back. So the 49ers <laughs> have a rent a rusher for a year. And if he re sign him or, or could whatever, or they lose him and they get the third round pick back. So, um, not that you want to lose, you know, B flow for a third round, but that that, that, helps third rounders, that helps a little, you know. But I think what he's got him doing, he's got him playing very confident, and it makes a big difference. Uh, it overcomes a lot of. Uh, I mean, there's one time when there's there's seven defensive backs on the field. Um, there's times where you know, and, and DJ Wonham is a guy that uh, is an under the radar guy who's yep. benefiting from. Uh, Flores defense. Uh, Josh Metellus is is becoming a potential Pro Bowler because of Brian Flores. Um, Daniel Hunter is, you know, if this team keeps winning, Daniel Hunter is going to be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, and they keep him at the trade deadline, so which is a 
you know, it was a, a wise move, I think, because you're you're not done this year. Washington gave up at three and five, uh, and then they go out and they beat New England. You know, and, and so uh, I, I like I like the the design of the defense. I love the fact that you go after the quarterback. It's something we were screaming about all last year. Why, you know, my God, why are you just standing there letting the quarterback? Why are you letting Jared Goff stand there and, and pick and throw throw at you? Right. Um, it's the almost the total opposite, but these guys are, they're enjoying the defense. They're confident and they're making plays. I like the fact that they changed it up dramatically yesterday and put more people back in coverage than they would have, you know, with all the blitzing that we've seen so far this year. I mean, a different game plan for a different quarterback, different situation. And it was pretty effective. Yeah. And I feel like Flores has also gotten better as he's gotten to know his, his people. Um, I think, you know, Flores probably would have a different approach to the, the Chargers, say, than he had. You know, sort of a stubborn approach to, you know, blitzing the Chargers whenever they they clearly had a, a plan for that and they were they were winning, you know, repeatedly over and over and over against him. Uh, but that's, that's, what, the third game of the year, I think. Um, I think the defense is more confident, but I also think Flores is more confident in, in what he's doing right now. Um, yeah, it's great to see. I, I, it, for me, it's important that uh, Flores isn't just a one-trick pony with blitz, 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 disguise it and see how it goes. He's got something else he could, in his quiver so that offensive coordinators and game planners of his opponents have something else to think about when the Vikings are coming to town. So I think, I think that's good. Um, <clears throat> um, I, I'd be remiss to, uh, since last week I chastised him for missing two kicks, I got to bring up uh, Greg Joseph for making – Three field goals, none of them that uh, very long, but uh, still there are field goals and then two extra points. And if he misses one of those kicks, we probably aren't winning this game. You know, uh, certainly one of those field goals we aren't. So I thought. Yeah, he- I feel like special teams right now. There's a heightened sense of like, you know, this is all fifty-three now. This is uh, not that Cousins carried the team. That was probably one thing that we were, you know, the people who were against Kirk was like he doesn't carry them in times. Uh, enough in ten those times when, when everything's down, um, but I feel like you know the kicker can't afford to miss you know extra points now. They um, one of my extra points was uh, Ryan Wright. You know it's like the yeah. I'm looking. I'm very small picture in the whole grand scheme on yep. on, on the day after. You know All those so, are good to read though. I I read them this morning because I think they're well, they're stuff people that doesn't get a lot of attention. So go ahead. So. Sometimes whenever they win, it's not five. Oh my God, they're the greatest in the in the world. And when they lose, it's not five. Oh my God, get rid of everybody. So he had two 52-yard punts that were one was a fair catch, one was uh, no. I think they tried to return it, they tackled him. Uh, but the other one was you know, and even like watching it in real time, you're like, oh my God, how could you do that? Um, they he was trying. They were at the 50-yard line. They decide to punt which they needed to punt and he kicks, you know, it's a 29 yard punt that goes out of bounds at the 21. Now think about how, and that's whenever they had a 14 play drive, you know, the defense is gassed 14 play drive, the last 13 or it was a 13 play drive. The last 12 were runs mm-hmm. and the defense just was worn out. So to me, I'm like, this guy has the ability to drop it inside the five, not outside the 20. Yeah. Every, that the first couple of plays are basically them just trying to not get a safety, you know? And then, you know, I think whenever you start at the 21, you got the comfort of, you know, so much more comfort of not being right up against your goal line. So that's where, you know, where they're at now, the punter is going to be a very important player. And uh, that's the kind of things they just, they, they don't have a lot of room for error like they maybe used yeah. to. That's a great point. Uh, you know, they have lost all these players. They have had people step up but the margin for error is so slim with this team. The, the schedule favors them a little bit, but it still doesn't matter. You got you got to be all, all points qu- clicking. And as KOC said a couple times, he's going to remember this one for a long time, but it was a, a real team win. So uh, let's take a quick break here. Come on back, and we'll talk a little bit more, a little NFL news, and then we'll uh, talk about the Saints and uh, – and remind Mark uh, who picked who last week in this game. So, all right, come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, welcome back, folks, to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Got to do a race to the finish here. Um, 
you know, Vikings had the great game yesterday. They're, they're two losses behind Detroit in the division lead for the NFC North title. They got two games left with them, so that's not out of play yet. They're in position at uh, if the playoffs end or if the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs with the seventh seed. Um, but, you know, as everything's taken shape uh, throughout the NFL, Mark's the NFL insider for uh, for the Star Tribune. So, Mark, what did you see yesterday that, that, that stuck out to you? Are we going to have the Eagles and the Chiefs a, a repeat Super Bowl, or what, what what's going on? <clears throat> yeah, I mean uh... – <laughs> The Chiefs go over to, to Germany and they they go up twenty one nothing at halftime and then kind of it really had this clunk, hung on to the end. Yeah. Two things about the Chiefs that impressed me: one was uh, their defense just continues to be. I mean that that was that was they were you know Patrick Mahomes was carrying that defense for so many years. Yeah. And now all the defense in some ways is carrying that offense. And I agree with that. Uh, and the other thing is uh, you know they proved that they um, that they they're growing as they go along because before it was you know Kelsey's out they're done. Well, you know, they only threw the ball, I think, to Kelsey twice for a handful of yards. Mahomes made a point to use everyone else around him. So, you know, they're rolling, but I don't even know that they're the best in the AFC. I think Baltimore, you know, they they there was a big game with Seattle, and they they beat them 37-3. to Baltimore might be the best team at home in the league for several years now. Um, Philadelphia, you know, there's a, just a couple inches – a play where Dak Prescott was uh, on a two-point conversion was out of bounds by maybe, you know, six inches before he went in, and there was yeah. a touchdown that was that, uh, was not a touchdown by maybe six inches, so you, you know, about a foot there from beating the, the Eagles. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys aren't going away, but the Eagles are probably the best in in the NFC. Um, the Packers, you know, Packers won, you know, beat a a Rams team with that was had nobody at quarterback, so. So when uh, when KOC's talking to uh, Sean McVay, they can compare how their backup quarterbacks did. Uh, you know, <laughs> KOC wins that one. But I don't know. To me, I, I like I like Baltimore as maybe the best team in the AFC, and I like uh, I like the Philadelphia's. Uh, you don't think the uh, uh, you know the Niners were off this week on a bye? You don't think they'll be back with uh, back in the conversation? Uh, they they've what they've lost two in a row and you know three in a row. Three right. in a row. So they were when they were five and zero. Oh, Let's see. They were, when they were five and zero, oh, that's when you know. And that's, this is how the NFL works. I mean, this is exactly how the NFL works. When they were five and zero, oh, it was you know, I, I, you don't see a better team. You just don't see a better team. Right. Well, then Trent Williams, you know, hurt his ankle. Debo Samuel got hurt. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Christian McCaffrey came back and played. You know, and and the Vikings cred. The Vikings took advantage of uh, you know Williams, uh, no Samuel and. Yeah, had that huge upset on Monday Night Football, um, but yeah, I feel like once you know they had a bye week. Once uh, Williams gets back, that's going to change a lot. And you know, it's not you know Brock Purdy might have had a bump in the road, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that he, he didn't have his Hall of Fame left tackle there to you know give him that comfort and the protection. Yeah. So they're no, they're not done. I mean, and then now they got Chase Young. Uh, I mean, they they could not, they could line up with you know Nick Bosa, Chase Young, and. Uh, Randy Gregory uh, and coming after quarterbacks. My goodness, uh, you know. So they're they're not done. Hmm. Uh, I think they'll 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 be turning around. They got great great coaching um, and great players. Uh, you know they'll be back. Cincinnati looks like they're back and they're on the head on the Vikings schedule down the road here in a few weeks. That's one of that's probably their toughest game in the second half of the schedule too with Detroit and they got uh, they got to go to Cincinnati. That's going to be a tough ball game for them because Joe Burrow's yeah. over his calf injury and they, they look pretty good again. Yeah, I was watching last night at the end when they, I think Melissa Stark asked, you know, hey, Joe, you know, what what specifically can you do now that you couldn't do at the beginning of the year? And he just went, run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he couldn't run. He couldn't move. So, uh, so much in this, in this, you know, it's it's when you play him. It's not, when you look at the at the schedule at the beginning of the year, um, and, I, and TV's guilty of this, obviously, for, for obvious reasons, but, you know, the Jets were on, like, seven primetime games, four, four plays into the season, you know, that, that all ended, you know, but they're still, they're still a winning record. Uh, but, you know, when the Vikings played the 49ers, was, that was a good time to play them. Uh, not only at home, but, I, you know, they were, had some injuries. Um, you know, playing Joe Burrow early would have been a good thing, but now playing at the, toward the end might not be as good. So it's just it's when you play them and, and who's, who's healthy enough to play. 
That's a great point. So let's let's go on, move on to the Saints who are coming to US Bank Stadium on Sunday. They are division winners. They're, they're division leaders. They're the, they're the top of the NFC South at a five and four record. And I'm not I'm not uh, threatened by that because their victories have been over the Titans, the Panthers, the Patriots, who are really struggling. The Colts is probably their best, and the Bears. So they they are not world beaters. You know, they lost to the Packers, they lost to the Bucks, they lost to the Texans and Jaguars. So their five and four record leading the division is just uh, not quite as good as it might might seem on paper. Well, no, I, I watched that game this morning. Um, you know, it's their you know their offense was horrible early early in the year. Guys, Carr was getting used to. It. There was that one game where Carr's potty language and his looks were uh, were horrible for a quarter starting quarterback with experience in this league. Uh, he was not on the same page with the lobby. He was upset and. Uh, and also they had Alvin Kamara on a suspension that he uh, missed the first handful of games. So they're, they're a team that's, that's growing as, as Carr gets used to, they got a lot of talent and I've never been a big Derek Carr fan, but um, he's, he's a good quarterback that's growing into this. A lobby's coming along. Taysom Hill is, as Vikings fans know <laughs> very well. Uh, he caught a touchdown pass. He ran for a touchdown. Yeah, he's a beast that's going to be hard to stop. Uh, Vikings fans are very well aware of that. Uh, Kamara hasn't been running the ball very well. Um, defensively, they're you know they have uh, they lead the league in takeaways. Uh, are they tied for the league in takeaways? I think eighteen. They got twelve interceptions. Which oh my god! Is- going against the Vikings, who lead the team in giveaways, yeah. league in giveaways. Well, the Vikings have turned it around a little bit, so that it's. But yeah, the Vikings. This is a game where you don't want to. You don't want to like revert to what you were doing at the beginning of the year because you'll get blown out. Uh, right. But it's an opportunistic defense. You know, they did okay against the Bears, but to me, they won the turnover battle five zero. They had five takeaways, zero giveaways. They only had one penalty for five yards, and they were. It took everything that they had to beat the Bears by a touchdown. Wow. At home. Um, I think Badgett had, um, you know, he's, he's an impressive guy, the quarterback for the Bears. But I think three of the last four possessions, he turned the ball over. It was two interceptions that the Saints didn't do much with. And then at the end, they, uh, he fumbled the ball away, and, they, and the Saints just, you know, fell on the ball and ran out the clock. But So there's four, four takeaways there that, that, the, that the Saints really didn't do much with. Um, so... You know, this is this could be one of those where depending on where the home where they're where they're playing is how I would pick. So um, that's that's my take on the Saints. They're they're a good team, but they're I think the Vikings, especially at home, are probably even with with Dobbs. Um, you know, I don't think he's gonna. The lightning in a bottle is not always going to be there, so there is going to be some some struggles ahead for Dobbs or whoever yep. quarterbacks them. But I feel like they're they're overall they're as good if not a little bit better than uh especially if especially if jefferson comes back my concern is that defense is better uh saints defense is better against the the pass and the run so that they're they're better against the viking strength and their weakness uh which would fall in their favor but maybe that's a that's a yardage thing and it, it, that may be a product of who they've played but they haven't had a very tough schedule so well the, the, the bears did run the ball well against them i mean that um that doesn't mean the Vikings are going to run the ball well against them, but I think, uh, yeah, they, they are. Um, you could probably get a little more, you know, running against them. At least the, the Vikings should try to. You know, to try right. To, you know. Could be all Dobbs. Could be all Dobbs with those uh, off, those scripted off script plays. You know, get them going. Um, well, last week, you Mark, you uh, you went with Atlanta grudgingly. I mean, you didn't want to per se, but you did. I went back and listened to it. And uh, there was too much going against them. I picked the Vikings, and I can't believe you haven't called me a homer yet. But uh, you know, you probably will before this segment's over. Um, so I, I've got a two-game lead on you now, and so I, I, I probably should go first so that you can have the opportunity to. Uh, to, uh, to I'm try gonna, to I'm going to take a huge guess and say that you're going to take the Vikings. I think I got him, Mark. I mean, you got the quarterback coming in. He's got an extra week with the playbook. He's got. Uh, 
you know, his his ranks are depleted. He could get JJ back. I don't know that he will. You know, I think Jefferson wants to play. He goes on the road every game with him since while well, he's injured. He's every bit as part of it. You know, he's dying to get out there, no matter what his agent might tell him to do. I don't know if I I don't want to see him until he's healthy. You know, because I don't want you know a, a, a hamstring could be something that flares up so gal darn easy. You know. And the way the injuries have been on this this team and this offense this year, I just I don't I don't want it until he's ready to go. But you know, if they throw him back in there, that's going to be tough for the the Saints' uh, pass defense to handle. But I, I still think it's enough to uh, overcome. I think that the Brian Flores is going to dial up another good uh, uh, game plan against these guys against Derek Carr, and uh, I think the Vikings will beat them. I'm not going to say it's going to be more than a one score game because that's not how they roll. But uh, I think they'll beat them, and I, I, I think that will be just what the Vikings need. Get a win at home in front of your crowd. Yeah, well, I, my, my pick last week was based on a rookie quarterback playing the whole game, so I don't know. That's an yeah. asterisk there. Um, that, that, that's the worst play. The worst play the Falcons did was take the rookie quarterback out. I think they could have beaten him, uh, but – they had up with a four-string quarterback. This is the fourth guy on their depth. I still think I still think it, I don't know that. Uh, well, we don't know what would have happened, but uh, would uh, would O'Connell have pulled him and and gone with Dobbs? Uh, I don't know how long that would have taken, but um, not after that drive. This, this is this one. It, it feels like. I mean, I, I'm down to, I'm going to be, I don't want to keep chasing and, and trying to make up. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll try and make it up because you'll, you'll, you'll get really homeritis here down the stretch for yeah, some look at that schedule, um, baby. We got, we got the, uh, the, we got the Broncos then we got the bears and we got a buy, you know, maybe we'll have to pick the bye week and see. Yeah, the, the Broncos, although that probably won't be a primetime game by the time we get there, but uh no. Shouldn't be. Um, you know, the Broncos could be one of those. I mean, they're going to lose a game. They're at some point they're going to lose a game that that we expect them to win. I don't think it's going to be this week. I I like. Um, I don't think the Saints' offense is. You know, they're improving. They're getting a little more rhythm, but I don't think they're at a point where they can come in uh, to U.S. Bank Stadium against uh, Flores' defense, playing as confident as it is, and function that well so i'm gonna i'm gonna take the vikings um hoping not to regret it because you want once you once you get off track it's just like you, you're chasing you know win then they lose and lose and they win right now so, you're yeah. just trying to survive in this i just feel like it, this is um you know and i said it a million times last year where it was weird going to u.s bank stadium and seeing them not take advantage of the crowd they got a very loud crowd um and O'Connell's got to love it because he came from the Rams, where the LA's crowd is a joke. And they, you know, whoever the whoever, especially the Chargers, whoever they play, you know, their fans are the loudest ones in the stadium. Um, that's you know, the, the Vikings, and although uh, the Chiefs fans were were very loud, um, the 49ers fans were very loud. Uh, so, but I feel like this is going to be a you know, the fans are back into it. They're kind of on board with, hey, let's try, let's put off Caleb Williams for a while. And I feel like that's going to be a huge advantage with the defense and everything. So I am going to pick the Vikings. So right. I'll be well, you know, you're just trying to survive one. right now, right? Just, just survive, baby. That's. that's I don't I mean. know how I make up to because. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, never, like, you're never going to go off. Well, yeah. See, are there any down the road that you'll go off of the Vikings? Since no, there's, there's a couple uh, Lions games that are going to be tough to pick. So it might be near the end of the season. Um. Uh, I have one more question I want to ask you real quick because I saw you comment on it and I felt the same. I can't remember the guy, the Vikings player that 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 uh, fell on the quarterback last week and got fined sixteen grand, and and it was it, you know, oh, DJ Warnham. Yes, it was Warnham. What the heck was that? It wasn't a penalty called. He he did not fall with his full weight. I mean, he put an arm down to block some of it. It, it was textbook what you want. And, and, and they, they, they find him $16,000. That's baloney. Well, they get him for the weight for, you know, for his weight falling on him. And my well, what are you is, supposed to do? Lose, lose, lose some weight on the weight of the ground. <laughs> I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board. I said, what a joke. And it's, you know, yes. of course, you know, everybody's going to say, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, you know, that's a, okay. That's a rule that okay. Uh, you know, don't put your full weight on him. Well, then the quarterback shouldn't try to get away from you. 
but the reason he, the reason that he had the the reason he had to go full weight on him is because the quarterback tried to run away and right. he had to catch him. He had to yeah. catch him and tackle him, and he tackled him the right way. And I just don't. I do. Do you cradle him and lay him on a pillow? Uh, I, I don't kidding. know. So that, that's that, why I, actually, I, I, knew I don't like... know how anybody. And and uh, there are some people that when you bring up any kind of, you know, all oh, the quarterbacks are you know, I understand if you come through and you do helmet to helmet, or you go like this is a I don't if you if you don't know this reference, Google it. Joe Turkey Jones throwing Terry Bradshaw over. I've showed more <laughs> more players in the locker room that clip from the mid 70s where uh, Joe Turkey Jones grabs Terry Bradshaw around the waist and throws him over his shoulder and Bradshaw you know, misses a, you know I don't know how many games he missed but he landed straight on his helmet yeah. uh, that is a penalty and it was a penalty in 1970 uh, there's a lot of penalties uh, I don't like when they graze their face mask and that's a penalty because he touched the face mask but there are certain things that need to be taken out of the game because these guys are so much faster, so much stronger that they they are, they are capable of literally killing someone on the field. So that needs to be taken out. But stuff like this, just because Anthony Barr fell on Aaron Rodgers ten years ago, should not be a penalty. Or I don't think it was a penalty in the game. It wasn't. Why nope. should not be paying sixteen grand for that? And that's yeah. ridiculous. That's why I asked. I knew I'd like your answer. On on that note, uh, we got to sign off. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Mark. As usual, thanks, Mike Walden, producing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We sure appreciate it each week. And come back next week because we'll be uh, talking about the Saints game and hopefully another victory and and, uh, a lot more excitement to talk about. We'll see who's playing quarterback. I think it will be Dobbs, but who knows with this team. And there's always something to tune into and watch about this team. They're 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 ridiculous. They're fun. They're a blast. So come on back and 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 we'll talk to you then. Thanks, Joe Johnson, and thanks to y'all. Until then, skull, skull.